welcome to this episode. We have that's Mr. B. Um, he'll be talking to us, sharing his story. So right off the bat, let's start with your full name and what do you do? Okay, well, good day everyone. My name is Siobhan Bryan, affectionately known as Mr. B. And I am the owner of Mr. B Pest Control Service. It is a primarily a pest control service, but since the formation, we've expanded into different services, which include cleaning. So at the residential and the commercial level, we we offer those services and we also do retail. So aside from your typical pest control visit, which would, in, which would occur at your home or at a, resi, as a, at a business place, uh, we also do the, the sale of pest control items. So we sell stuff so that if you would just like to get rid of some concerns on your own, as we know, there's this strong DIY movement. So persons <laughs> want to empower themselves with that knowledge. We cater for that as well. And we've been doing it from since 2020. And we have a lovely customer base, which continues to support us, egg us, and even encourage us to look into different services. We've been doing our best. And yeah, 2023 looks like a very promising year for for my entity. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. So you mentioned since 2020, mm-hmm. first thing came to mind is COVID. Yeah. How? <laughs> so the first question of mine is how did COVID affect um, your business? If it, uh, and how did you overcome that hurdle? Well, it was very interesting, uh, the onset of COVID because I registered a business during COVID. When COVID-19 hit, I was unemployed. And if I just have some time to give background, I was working with a pest control company for roughly five years. And basically at the climax of my challenges, because I was having issues um, at that particular establishment, I decided to leave. Mm-hmm. And I left one month before COVID-19 came to St. Lucia. <laughs> So the re- the feedback based on that move was, it was overwhelming because a lot of people looked at me like, boy, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you leave a job, you don't know where you're going and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, it was so much that, you know, I started to not tell persons about my employment status, you know. Mm. So because persons would say, hey, you, you're on vacation, you know, working, you know. And I'd be like, well, yeah, you know, things just are kind of way for now. I did just move on. <laughs> but the reality is I did leave at that juncture. And I left because of my personal challenges, like I said, and I was able to go through the first 10 months of the COVID in sort of a limbo because I did not know what I wanted to do. I basically had no plan B. Mm -hmm. I left that establishment. I did not have another job waiting. I just left Mm -hmm. and I was home. I was looking at, hey, my skill set. What can I do? Where can I, you know, send my credentials and you know possibly get another opportunity and it was very much diminished after i mean persons would have described the economy at the time as a very challenging one Mm -hmm. you know with the onset of covid it was even more challenging (laughs) because when you're now looking for a job businesses are now downsizing right and persons are you know having that blended approach to their job where some are home some are at work and stuff like that during the first uh, 10 months, 
And I see the 10 months because I, I left in February and I registered my business in December of 2020. Okay. The first 10 months was very interesting in that I looked at my skill set as a one Toastmaster because I've been a member of Toastmasters from 2018. Okay. So I've had the, the opportunity to polish my public speaking skills. And there were many opportunities in that where I could have shared my skills with um, students who were home at the time. Because there were a number mm. of parents who, who basically sought my assistance in helping their students become more proficient speakers. Right. So that was a potential opportunity at the time. And there was also the ability to work with schools who were looking for persons who had already graduated to help facilitate smaller subjects like um, IT at the primary school level and maybe even foreign subjects as well. So I had the opportunity to work with a few of those persons. And I just realized that as much as it was my passion, it was not really mobilizing the abilities that I have into one area. Mm -hmm. I'm, I consider myself to be someone who likes to share, likes to feel, I like to interact with customers and in a virtual environment, that is very challenging. Mm -hmm. Although I, yes, I do like to speak, but it limits me in the virtual environment. And I long to do something that took me out of the comfort of being home during the COVID period. And being in the pest control industry for the previous five years, I had made many contacts. There were persons who just, you know, saw me and they saved me as the pest control guy, even though I was not a standalone, right. you know, operator <laughs> at that time. They just saved me as the pest control guy. So I would go to bed sometimes, get up in the morning, and someone WhatsApp me a picture of a corporation. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what do I do? You know? Right. I'm like, well, you know, you just have to check those areas and stuff like that. Yeah. And then after doing that for a few times where persons um, actually invited me to their homes, you know, just to get an assessment and stuff, I realized that this was a skill set I had been sitting on for some time. You know, five years of experience, day in, day out, sometimes on a weekend, a holiday, I'm still engaged in that industry. I follow the industry online because we have these international pest groups. We really? have DIY pest groups. You have mm -hmm. persons who are standalone and persons who are affiliated. And there's a lot of knowledge about that industry out okay. there. Mm -hmm. And since I got all that knowledge, and I'm also an avid reader, so I make sure I pay attention to you know the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to you know just harness all what I have acquired for the five years and just continue to flow. And after doing a uh, two visits to some good friends of mine, I decided that, you know, maybe I should just get this registered, you know, because at the time, November of 2020, the COVID did not seem to get better. <laughs> the lockdowns were getting even more stringent. Mm -hmm. And it's so much so during that time I, I got married and uh, one of the challenges I had for my wedding was actually planning the reception because at one point it was up to 15 persons max. Right. And then it went to 30. And then the day I set the wedding, <laughs> it moved from 30 and it went back to 15. So the day they actually changed the protocols was the day before the wedding. So it was, it was crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to change this thing? Right. And then, you know, because all the plans had been set in motion, the organizers were sympathetic. They allowed us to have it. And I just realized, yo, okay, 
this is definitely something I need to do because having been in my house for so long, mm-hmm. getting the interaction with people, realizing, okay, this is what I like to do. I like to talk to people. I like to go to people's homes and give them a service, mm-hmm. you know? I I took the bold step and I said, you know what? I'm going to register the business. Mm-hmm. And I got the business name registered in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best feelings ever. You know, you get that certificate <laughs> in your hand and you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and that was one of the things I, I, I really liked about that experience because I just did about maybe two customers. If I looked at my revenue, it did not pass $500. Right. You know? But uh, from that revenue, taking, you know, the amount to register the business, it was really, really fulfilling. And after I did register that business, I had to develop a logo. Uh And I had not done that yet. I did not have a logo. I did not have a plan. I did (laughs) So you registered it first before before logo, before everything. Yeah, I I registered it first because (laughs) the way that came about is... Uh After I had done the two customers, my wife and I were, you know, taking a drive one day and I was telling her, you know, babe, you know, this is how I feel about, you know, the business. I feel like this is something I could do. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but, you know, you need a name. Mm -hmm. So I had been drafting a few names like, you know, um, SPS control and stuff like that and and whatnot. And then my wife just sat there and she's like, how about Mr. B? You know, mm-hmm. because I would be in the corporate environment in my former place of employment and people would just come up to me like, Mr. B, you know, and then tell me what they need to tell me. In my Toastmasters group, they would come to me and they're like, hey, Mr. B, <laughs> like, like that, jokingly. Right. And she just decided, you know, how, how about call it Mr. B Pest Control? And I, I did not think twice. I'm like, Girl, you're flowing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, without thinking, I just went, I got a form and I draft out the three names. I put Mr. B and I put two others, which mm-hmm. is not relevant right now. <laughs> and the Mr. B is what um, stuck. really mm-hmm. stuck to me and it felt affectionate because even up to this day, some of my clients, when they, they either WhatsApp me for inquiries, when I pick up the phone and I call them, they're like, oh, nice to hear you, Mr. B. You know, because they know this is the guy that they're dealing with. Right. And when I got that um, certificate, I was I was ecstatic, like I said, but I had no framework. I had no logo. (laughs) I had no no business plan, Uh no procedures, no price list, nothing. I just out of enthusiasm, I registered and then I'm like, okay, now I'm here. I need to go back and do the things that <laughs> I had to do in order to get to that place, you know? Yeah. So it was very interesting where um, I, as part of registering down here, you know, you get some support from the, the government where they help to train you and they ask certain questions. And to me, that was one of the most difficult parts of mm-hmm. um, establishing my business. So I started to do my groundwork which involved me getting my brand out there because a lot of people did not know that I had registered a business. I did not have a Facebook page. I was lacking a lot of <laughs> And I started to use the resources that persons communicated through the training. So persons spoke to me about Fiverr, where you could outsource certain graphical and other services. Mm-hmm. And I sourced a guy over Fiverr to give me a logo. 
and I just looked at the guy. I'm like, hey, my budget is not that big. I can pay you like twenty US China, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, okay, okay, we'll give you logo, we'll give yeah. you logo, and he told me, what do you want? So I told him, well, you know. I looked at the colors and there was this interesting article I read on Google mm-hmm. that spoke about colors in pest control. And they said that mm-hmm. black and red speaks to experience. Mm-hmm. They say green speaks to natural um, remedies that you would use and yellow speaks to versatility and stuff like Interesting. that. Interesting. So I said, well, you know, based on these colors, I would like you to inculcate something that's, you know, black and maybe some red. Mm-hmm. And then he gave me the first draft which you know was it was very very plain and i said you know this is good because he gave me up to about four revisions mm-hmm. and i said yeah um try to see if you could put a little guy um somewhere in that logo you know because i want at least when you look at the logo you see the pest control guy mm-hmm. you know and then he sent me the second revision and then i see he literally put a little guy somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the logo and by the fourth revision i told him what i wanted and this is what came out right i got the 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 head of a guy with glasses Mm -hmm. and that was just so epic for me because i have glasses and Mm. some people know me distinctively by my glasses and it just spoke like yeah this is what i want Mm -hmm. the guy gave me the logo i was able to you know put it on a letterhead put it out there put it on a t-shirt and then i felt like yes I'm ready to go. So let me let me stop you here. So yeah. what I understand so far, mm-hmm. you started during the pandemic. So yeah. you didn't let that stop you. No. You started before you're even ready in terms of you 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 skipped the steps. I went straight to um launching and then you followed up after with the logo and whatnot. Yeah. Again, you didn't let that stop you. Yeah. And the third thing is you were able to outsource the work. So even if you didn't have the skill of graphic design yourself, mm-hmm. you were able to um, get somebody who had that skill and get like you like you described the perfect logo for you. Yeah. Because it had the elements. So it was somebody who didn't know you. Yeah. A stranger was able to give you the elements that you wanted. Yeah. And you and you ended up with a, a, a logo that you're happy with. Yeah. Even if like within your budget. Very much so. So there's a, the so the three steps that happened to you um, whilst you decided to start or embark on your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, just wanted to Yes, for sure. And especially with the COVID part, because a lot of persons were, persons in my circle, they were concerned that, um, you know, why are you doing this during COVID? You know, right. Government is saying, stay at your home, but you <laughs> want to go at people's homes. <laughs> I told them, the one thing I've learned about the pest control industry, especially from experts overseas and locally, is that pests don't stop. So even though we do stay at our homes, the roaches, the rats, and all these other pests, they continue right. working. They don't and miss COVID. They, they don't know COVID, you know. <laughs> it's just that getting sick from COVID, but the right. rats and them are yeah. thriving. <laughs> so as much as it was it was not favorable on the outside, mm-hmm. um, there were still lots of persons who were looking out for that service. Right. And I knew that because of the amount of activity during COVID, there were other pest control businesses that were registered during that time. Ah. And even the facilitators for our sessions at the ministry, um, the, the department of, of small businesses, they said that the amount of registrations during COVID were many times more 
than previous years. That that kind of blew me away because mm-hmm. it was something like maybe a hundred percent increase in terms of the wow. number of registrations they had. And I was like, whoa, that means there is an opportunity. And I mean, when you when, when we did look at um, social media, because I started to do my research to see, you know, what are small businesses doing to more or less fight the COVID and persons were doing specialized services. So they were delivering stuff. They were making sure that um, they, they were able to supplement your daily routine. So if you need to get groceries, they can get groceries for you. Uh, if you needed to get something, they could bring it to you. You know, they can make your life a lot easier and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm in this industry. I'm sure there are things that I could do to help alleviate someone going out there and probably looking for something. So I started to think of, okay, how can I bring my services to persons? And the first thing I did after registering, getting my logo, I made an Instagram page and I made a Facebook page to complement that. And I started sending out invites. And I kid you not, in the in the first day or so, maybe I got about five likes. You know? <laughs> right. But it, it started to grow once persons realized that, you know, I was posting stuff more regularly. So I had my main supporters would have been my family and my friends. Mm-hmm. And I was able to really get my foot on, my foothold on what it is to be a small business owner. And that involved me getting up early in the morning because I went to bed and I'm like, okay, I have an idea. And I just jump on my computer and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to research this. Let me see if I can get this stuff. And the enthusiasm that engulfed me was tremendous. It's something that I never felt working in my previous years of employment. Mm -hmm. And as much as it did not give the immediate benefit, because I mean, when you're working for a salary, your only obligation is to get up, show up, and perform. But with me, I was to get up, show up, perform, follow up, you know, do all the necessary processes before I earn my first dollar as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And when I finally jumped onto that horse and I started getting enthusiastic, seeing what the other guys are doing, pricing my material, seeing how much it would cost me to, you know, get from this point to that point, it was just so much that I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. I need to slow down because if I if I try to engulf all of this, I might go crazy. Right. <laughs> you know? And then I started to break down what I really needed. Uh-huh. In the breakdown, I I looked at one, raw materials, two, labor, three, marketing, and how do I get myself out there? Mm-hmm. And four, what's my unique selling point? What makes me more different? from the other providers that are out there in the market. Mm -hmm. I developed something that I call the care solution because in speaking with a few persons um, initially, Mm -hmm. I noticed that they would say, oh, these fellas just come there and they just do this. And you know, they they, they just come, they just drop that there and then they go. Mm -hmm. The description I got from customers were like, you know, these guys are just there to do their job and they don't really care about your well-being. And being that I love to talk and I love to sometimes sit and speak with people, I realized that, you know, information is power. As much as, you know, information is what sometimes can get you the job, it is power. And what I would have done is that with my initial set of clients, 
I sat, I spoke with them. I gave them the assurance that, you know, what we're doing is safe. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is for your benefit. And if it does not work, then you can always rely on me to remedy the issue until you are satisfied. And oh. with that approach, I started to get more and more clientele over the years. Mm -hmm. And persons sometimes will call me to just ask for advice. Mm -hmm. You know, I would sit, sit on the phone sometimes 10, 15 minutes, you know, speaking about rats. <laughs> and ask me what's so interesting about rats. <laughs> you know, but it just goes to show that persons will give you details about their home. They will tell you, okay, I live next to a dump. I live next to a swamp. Right. There's this guy across the road. He has a barbecue stall and never cleans his place. And I'm here affected and stuff right, like right, that, right. you know. So you get to know about people and you listen to them. And then by the end of the call, you either get yourself somebody who is safer or somebody who is a customer and trusts your level of judgment and say, you know what? I need to see you or I will get back to you. Let me just converse with my spouse and we will confirm, mm -hmm. you know, and I realized that that level of approach is not something that larger companies may be able to offer because when you have a customer service rep, their responsibility is more or less to just turn over the service, get a customer, make them into a client and then just see that through. Right. But then with us, we feel like it's more personal. So people will speak to us. They will tell us what they're going through. We will adjust our schedule just to fit them. Mm -hmm. If they're coming from work late, we will come there later as well. We mm -hmm. make sure that the client feels safe. And we recognize that safety is what really sells. You know, people want to feel safe. They don't want to know, okay, I have a date later. You know, I'm about to bring my special person over, but they have a rat in the city. And I don't want that rat to embarrass me. You know, we go there, we give that person that assurance. So, you know, whatever you do, you're safe. Mm -hmm. You know, that to me was one of the, the, the magical things. Changing point. Yeah. yeah, it was the, one of the changing points where I finally discovered what our unique selling point was. What did you call it again? What did you call it? Um, the unique selling point. No, what, what, what did you call it? You call oh, the it? care solution. Sorry. Care solution. Yeah, we call it the care solution. It's just not just a, 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 a static solution. It's one that, that cares about the customer. Holistically. You know? Holistically, yeah. We, we assure the safety and, you know, we do it in a very safe manner. Right. Um, that's, that's amazing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And I must say, it's sometimes we go, we do our stuff and it's sometimes more fulfilling to see a happy client than the, the revenue we might make from the job because the revenue keeps us floating. But then mm -hmm. the clients who come back to us and they tell us, you know, I don't know who else would have done a better job, but you guys, from the time you guys came here, I uh, have had no problems. You know, you, you guys have made me feel safe again. If it wasn't for y'all, I would have moved out of that yeah. house. You know, comments like that really keep us going. Right. You know, and when I look at our current operations vis-a-vis -vis how we started, you know, it's a very interesting journey. Mm -hmm. If I may go back to the COVID period. Sure. Shortly after registering the business, um, I landed a client probably like a day after, which was a close friend of us. Ah, okay, okay, okay. A very close friend. She knew I was doing the stuff and she's like, you know what? Come over, I have a situation. Um, come and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I did not have the capacity because she has this big house. <laughs> And it's just myself and, you know, a partner of mine want to do a job. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, why not? <laughs> so I, I had a, a sprayer, which was my personal sprayer. Mm -hmm. And I had some money left over. So I was able to get another one. 
but the the property was so big that it was not practical for us to use hand sprayers to do that job. Mm-hmm. But I told him, you know what? At the end of the day, we need to make it work because I don't want to disappoint <laughs> my first client. <laughs> right. I don't want to disappoint my first client. And we stayed there for hours. I kid you not, maybe about three, four hours, just refilling and spraying, refilling and spraying, refilling and spraying until wow. we got the job done. Mm-hmm. And when we got the job done, we did not even get the payment on the same day. The client was like, you know what? I will try to organize you guys tomorrow and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm an understanding guy. We'll get to do that. Then when we went, we got the payment. Um, the payment was not in full because we had to return. <laughs> we had to return um, sometime to probably like a week after mm-hmm. to complete the job. Mm-hmm. When the time came up, the client tells us, well, you know, I, I have some construction going on and... Um, I don't think it makes sense to continue the job, so we kind of have to kill it there. So I'm like, okay. So out of the initial quotation I gave the client, I got probably about 55% Mm -hmm. of the payment. And it was just enough to pay my friend and, you know, a little more to get some additional stuff. It was encouraging at first and then it kind of put a damper on me and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just need to put some policies. And that's when I realized (laughs) (laughs) I need to have policies on payment. How do I collect payment and stuff like that? And I kid you not, I got that client the day after I registered and I didn't get a client for the next month. I stayed an entire month advertising, doing all kinds of stuff. And I got no clients. There was an entire month, zero revenue. And by the end of that month, I was so discourage you know i asked myself did i actually make the right decision (laughs) you know did i did i make the right decision because i'm like everybody's home you know and maybe at the time you know persons already had things going on because it was a a new year you know they they say january is a a long month Mm -hmm. so that would have been a january and it really felt like four Januarys to me because there was nothing happening right after that period um I got a bump in my spirit when I, I got a call from a friend who had dealt with me maybe over the five years where I was previously mm-hmm. um, situated. That person called me and they're like, you know, a friend of mine just said that she's experiencing an issue. I gave her your number. Um, she's going to call you and stuff. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the person calls me and she told me, yeah, I, I would really like you to check it out. So mm-hmm. I just bit the bullet and I went over to that house. I checked out the situation. The situation was, um, it was a level of infestation in her room, which could have possibly spread around the house. Mm-hmm. I told her what needs to be done because she did not seem like someone who wanted the service. She wanted advice. So I told her, well, you just need to do this, that, and then some. And she says, okay, well, I will follow your advice. I will do that. Then I proceed, she goes on. She calls me a day after and tells me, um, you know, I tried this, but it is not working. Um, How much would you charge me to like do this? And I'm like, this is a service. (laughs) (laughs) And some bulb just lit at the back of my mind, like, yeah, okay, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Then I quoted her and I was able to get the job. When I did the job, she was so impressed that the same issue she was experiencing her family 
which lived within an acre of her house mm-hmm. had the same issue. So that one customer led to another customer, mm-hmm. which was an immediate family. Then the immediate family led to another immediate family. Mm-hmm. So in one area, which was, I would probably say about an acre mm-hmm. of land, there were like five families in that area. Right. And I got all five to do that job. Mm-hmm. And it felt very encouraging at that point because if I, I started to see the power of referrals. Right. And they say that referrals is one of the most um, powerful marketing tools that you can have. Yes, okay. there's the advertising, but the word of mouth was just so powerful at that time. Definitely. I moved from one customer to the next, to the next, to the next, and then I started to see light in the business. When that finally settled, by the time I was through with those customers, I already had another batch of customers coming mm-hmm. through. And these were persons who were not in my immediate circle. They were not in my friends or family. These were persons who just saw what I was doing online and they just trusted me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, wow. It, it really started to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so much so that the amount of work I was getting was probably about one to two jobs per week, mm-hmm. which was for me at that time, it was a big deal because <laughs> <laughs> having been at home for like 10 months. Like a month, oh, uh, t- but a month prior after starting, you were wondering, oh my God, did the right thing. Yeah, so, a, a month before that, I was questioning myself, like, you know, maybe I should have just, you know, take the stress I was taking at the time. And, right. You know, secure myself <laughs> as opposed to, you know, saying, you know, I'm done with this and venturing out into yeah. something new. And it was just amazing that I sat there through the growth of being unprepared, registering a business, then jumping into the reality that, you know, once you register a business, you're not guaranteed business. You have to go get that business. And then yeah. realizing, yo, okay, I need to get that business. When I finally get the business, then seeing how things change, you know, I need to move from that employee mindset, you know, as though, like, I needed to readjust my lifestyle because I was just so accustomed of waking up at a certain time, going to work, getting this done. Right. Realizing I'm an entrepreneur, I, I see that, okay, I'm responsible for setting my prices. Mm-hmm. I need to have my policies. I need to have my hours of work and I need to also balance the other things that are going on with my life because mm-hmm. I have a family and I cannot just put that on the back burner in the quest of being an entrepreneur. So right. the balance has always been something that is evolving even up to this day. I try my best to, to do the balancing. And I mean, which, sorry to cut you off, but I, to note that balance or the, the need for one only arose after you started. Yes. You didn't know beforehand that you needed the what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the key takeaway here is start and then adjust. Yes. My 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 personal um feedback would be that, you know, sometimes you just need to jump into it because I mean actually having going through secondary school we did POB mm-hmm. and we know theoretically <laughs> what a business entails, we know limited liability and all these things. Yeah. And actually being an entrepreneur it's totally different, you know, it's not the same thing. You you get some of these concepts, yeah, but it's not the same thing. What was one of my biggest challenges at the time was not just the balance, but actually um, getting a full understanding of what that balance should be because the dynamics were that most of the times I would be at home. So I would take care of my house, you know, everything is set and proper. So when 
my my son gets back i know i have everything sorted out and whatnot but then when i started to work more of my time was spent on the field so i had to now adjust the way that i work to suit having time to get my son drop him off having time for my family having time to you know put things on the table for my business and also having time to spend with my family outside of everything else that was a tremendous um, challenge for me mm -hmm. which i'm still getting to learn but i'm much better off than when i started mm -hmm. um i also realized that you know in being an entrepreneur a lot of things are not taught to you mm -hmm. right um for example in my studies i learned about you know cost analysis mm -hmm. i figured that as an entrepreneur if i buy something for five dollars maybe i slap two dollars on it and i sell it for ten dollars there that's that's a profit uh -huh. but then out of that profit i had to analyze my operating costs which i never took into consideration so the amount i would spend on fuel maintenance branding advertising and stuff i never took that into consideration mm -hmm. so you know many times in my journey as an entrepreneur where persons will call me and because i was somehow honored to receive a call from a from a client mm -hmm. who did not consider the competitors first i would just shoot a price so they would say hey uh how much will it cost for you guys to do this and i'm like <laughs> you know and just give a price yeah you know and without even thinking okay is this profitable right you know did you factor in the fact that you have to put gas in your vehicle to get there yeah. and what if you do something that goes wrong how much times are you going to you know go there is it profitable for you to do that and i just used to just shell out prices like that and it came to a point where there was this one client mm -hmm. probably about seven months into me operating a client had an issue somewhere in Castries, and because I live close to Castries, I figured, you know, it would not cost me much to go over to the client. But that one visit in my head would have cost this amount. Mm -hmm. I got the same guy to assist me and I told him, hey, we have another job. I'm going to pay you this and we're going to attend to the issue. So we go, we attend to the issue. I let the guy do his thing. But I did not know that the guy had also made his mistakes on that particular um, job. Mm -hmm. So when I got my payment, I paid the guy and I'm heading home and I'm feeling comfortable. I make this deposit and I'm like, yeah, boy, this is what a business is like. <laughs> I get a call and a message, sorry, from the same client mm -hmm. about a day later saying that I'm still experiencing the issue. Mm -hmm. So now I'm saying, okay, well, I wasn't the one who did the nitty gritty of the work, so I need to get this guy again. Mm -hmm. But this guy and I have an agreement that every time I dispatch him, I need to pay him. Mm -hmm. So the amount that I acquired on the mm -hmm. job, I need to pay this guy again to fix up an issue he made. <laughs> right, right. So I get him involved and I make sure I oversee. So at least, you know, maybe I have an idea of what's happening. I get this guy involved. He goes, he remedies the issue to his satisfaction and i'm like okay well you're more knowledgeable than i am so i trust your judgment we settle this i proceed home and then i got a call probably about a week later client is still experiencing the same issue i'm like should i employ this guy again because <laughs> my profit is done <laughs> my profit is gone already and i have to return to the client without any form of compensation right. and this is in me keeping with the whole 
case solution. We need right. to resolve your issue. So looking at the, the, the amount of money I had made versus what um, it cost me, it was a tremendous loss. Mm -hmm. And it was one of these experiences I learned from because the industry that I operate sometimes have what you call quick fixes. Persons have their own do-it-yourself remedies. And this mm -hmm. is what I try to do to maximize my profit. And it backfired. <laughs> it, it really failed me at that point. Mm -hmm. So I was at a position where I needed to reevaluate my approach to business in order to survive. Because I look at the other competitors and some persons are more established. They have more chains of um, command working in their favor and stuff like that. They have more resources. And I'm saying, I'm trying to break into this industry. If I'm going to stay there for the long run, I need to be more serious. Mm -hmm. So I needed to invest properly in what works. Mm -hmm. My fear as an entrepreneur was that based on what I was offering and what it would have cost me to offer a good service, that persons would not patronize. There was this whole perception, and I mean persons who follow media, the radio, the TV, you always hear people crying that things are hard. So then when you sit here as an entrepreneur and you, you draft those costs in your head, mm -hmm. you ask yourself, is the average person who's crying things are hard willing to make that investment in what you would consider an auxiliary service? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's more or less a luxury mm -hmm. for some persons who do not want to handle certain issues on their own. And I started to think really hard and I'm like, you know what? The economy is much bigger than I am. It's much bigger than my understanding. So even though I do not fully comprehend what I am giving out right now, my aim is to give out the best that I can and see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. So put my prices, put my service and my abilities out there and see what it gives me in return. Mm -hmm. And over the, the three years that we've been operating, I have since took, taken lessons, courses, classes mm -hmm. to finalize what my costings are, you know, lessons on proper financial management for the business. Because one of the things that I used to suffer from was mixing business and personal funds. I did not have a business account at the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it was very, um, very likely that, you know, I would get revenue and just put that in my wallet mm -hmm. and be like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and just by, just by touching on the, the financial aspect of the business, when I did start, I did not get any support. I didn't have any grant. I didn't have any loan. So everything was organic. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy for me to invest and then fall right back to square one. Right. So for example, if I made, let's say $200 on something and I invest the $200 and there's no immediate return, I just fall right back to square one. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, well, I have a $200 tool. So at least, yeah. you know, it makes me feel better. Yeah. And even during my first year of operation, it was very difficult for me to get a account registered because banks too had regulations on registering those business accounts because there's this anti-money laundering thing where right. you know the requirements are more stringent and certain banks locally were not opening accounts because it was COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, so after probably about a year and a half I finally got that account set up mm -hmm. and I was now able to go to con customers confidently and say, you know, you could write your check to my company. Mm -hmm. 
um, because before it would be like, you know, what's your name again? Right. You know, and persons have to write checks to me personally yeah. and probably source the cash and stuff. And it, it kind of felt like... Incomplete. It, it felt incomplete, you know. You feel inadequate, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel inadequate. But then yeah. after having that sorted, it gave me more confidence. Getting my first checkbook, and I saw my business name on that checkbook i was mm-hmm. like wow you know, i had a big list you know, <laughs> you, know you you walk into the bank and you have your checkbook yeah. on the side <laughs> you know it, it, you. yeah, yeah it gave me it gave me that level of confidence yeah and uh, most certainly the customers i mean i i couldn't do it without the customers the customers just keep me going i would say my biggest challenge from opening my business was the hurdles that i had to face there were the hurdles that I mentioned earlier, but there was this generous um, gentleman who offered a space so that I could store my equipment because in expanding the business over time, you know, I got certain pieces of equipment and the fact that it's chemicals, I cannot have it in my personal space. So I got this storage area that I was paying for, well, not paying for, I got it rent free, you mm-hmm. know, and the guy was just generous. He's like, you know what, you could just use the and it was just, I kid you not, a, a room, like a box with uh, one, two windows. <laughs> and it was perfect for me okay. because I was able to separate my operations with my residence. Right. And after having stored my stuff there for many months, I got a call one morning after a long weekend. And the call basically said, that, hey, your, your place, I see your place open, like, come and check it out. I don't know, it seems like somebody broke into the place. And I went there that morning and I realized that someone had indeed just kicked down the door, went into the place, stole more than half of my equipment and just left it, left the the balance of the stuff there. And I just remember just being in awe, like, you know, at the time it was maybe about close to three, four thousand dollars worth of equipment that was purchased organically from my profits and Mm -hmm. stuff. And that just broke my spirit. You know, it broke my wow. spirit. And to see that, you know, a small business, you know, we have our challenges. We're struggling still. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we're struggling now more because my equipment is gone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to feel about that because I had now wanted to expand into landscaping. So I got landscaping equipment, you know, and you've gotten some guys to assist. So aside from pest control and cleaning, we were doing landscaping as well. And the guys just took all the equipment. I tried to get the authorities involved. They did their analysis. They found nothing. To this day, nothing. Mm-hmm. I kept my eye out for the equipment in question. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And I basically had to start from scratch last wow. year. That was probably a, a, a year ago. A year ago. Yeah, that was about a year ago. I had to start from scratch again. Wow. Uh, the good thing is I had my client base. So those persons who were very familiar with me, they, mm-hmm. they started to give me repeat services. Mm-hmm. And from those investments in the services, I was able to pick up myself slowly and surely. Still not at where I oh, could have been. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm still grateful that I was able to get that support from those clients that's incredible man like, i'm first of all sorry to hear that yeah. bunch of stuff, man. Um, you mentioned you know the struggles of being a small a small um, business 
And then, I mean, a, a, a fact, a personal factor to me is is how we as a people treat each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I would maybe I'll even go further than there's a lack of support, mm-hmm. but the fact that you go further to steal from that that's yeah. that's more than just not supporting. That's actually taking away. Um, what what do you have to say since you're on the topic? What what do you have to say to that like that nature of not supporting small businesses and even going further further and just more, not supporting them? Well, in the in the notion of not supporting small businesses, um, interestingly, there was this topic on on the radio this morning about you know blacks not supporting black businesses, mm-hmm. and I mean there there are several factors because some people would look at familiarity familiar familiarity sorry Mm -hmm. and they would look at reliability when purchasing a product or a service Mm -hmm. there are persons who have been supporters of of entities for years Mm -hmm. and maybe a friend of theirs would have ventured into that same industry and they just immediately expect you know that as your friend you would support me and as much as morally it sounds acceptable it may not be the ideal scenario especially on the end of the consumer because some persons just like the familiarity of those products and services as well as the reliability and maybe even the after-sales support Mm -hmm. you know versus a new aspiring business person Mm -hmm. i have often gotten a lot of customers who look at me in the eye and they told me you know i like supporting small businesses Mm -hmm. And I've been able to, over the years, dissect that into genuinely and non-genuinely. And the reason why I say that is that some persons like supporting small businesses because of the flexibility that comes with price negotiation as well as as getting the most for your dollar. Mm -hmm. Knowing that a small business wants to get off the ground, Mm -hmm. they tend to... I don't want to say milk you, but they tend to try to get the most out of it just to secure themselves as a repeat client in the eyes of whoever is offering the service. Right. And sometimes it leads to you being shortchanged. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times where sometimes you do an assessment and that happened to me in the first year and a half, two years. Um, there are times where you do an assessment, you provide an estimate and they will look at you and they'll be like, whoa, you know, like, yeah boy you know like that that is really too much you know if i went somewhere else they would tell me you know i'll do that (laughs) but if you could do that then you know you have the job and stuff so you have no choice depending on what the scenario is to go down Mm -hmm. you know after having done your analysis you're like okay you want to secure this client so now you have to break down Mm-hmm. or it's optional you don't have to but then sometimes you break down just to offer it and secure that client and you know it may put you at a loss or it may put you at a gain based on what the outcome is mm-hmm. and you have a person who genuinely supports small businesses because of your backstory mm-hmm. when they see a young man who is serious and that's what persons have tell me i mean i don't go about touting my own horn Mm-hmm. But when persons see a young man who is serious, somebody who wants to challenge themselves and grow as an entrepreneur versus someone who, I guess, in their opinion, settles for an average lifestyle, they get encouraged by that and they're like, you know what, I'm going to support you. Mm-hmm. And these are the same persons who, in their personal capacity, will support you. They will go in their entities 
put a word out for you or get their friends to support you or sometimes even get the entity itself to support you these are these are the people who i would say are genuine in their quest to support small businesses mm -hmm. and these are what what these are the things that small business owners need in order for them to keep going because the reality is for small businesses some things are just more difficult even marketing might be difficult for some small businesses and you need persons who have the heart for that you know you need persons who are willing to take a risk and say you know what i will give this guy a chance or i will give these people a chance to see how they can get off the ground and there are lots of customers out there who actually make it their quest to support small businesses because they realize that the bigger guys they're more established even though they might be able to um, offer a service within a certain capacity mm -hmm. they believe that you know in order to have a fair market share for all of us you have to support those small businesses yeah and you know it's thanks to people like that they give people like mr b pest control a chance right you know in the market seeing us seeing the little things that we do saying hey you know i was just scrolling on ig and i came across you guys um, you know, tell me more about your stuff and whatnot. And even people like you, you know, giving me the forum to speak about my experience is you supporting a small business. And this is what keeps us going because we live in a land of innovation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what would have been popular 20 years ago, you know, you walking into the office and, you know, clocking in your nine to five is not necessarily what is popular today. You have persons who um, literally start their day at 11 o'clock. For me, I start my day at 10 o'clock because mm -hmm. the time from 6 to 10 is family, get out the door time. <laughs> After that time, I compose myself and I start my work day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I end my work day in the evening or I end my work day early and I'm able to get that family time, you know. And I look at my life saying, boy, if I was working at 8 every morning for an employer or if I was working at 9, then my entire dynamics would be different. You know, I think I would have been more stressed out. You know, I think I would have been more pressured into fitting a certain mold without the creativity I have now. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for being creative um, as an entrepreneur because, you know, sometimes you're in an establishment and there are rules and guidelines that you need to follow. And I've been a victim of that, you know, trying to put my own spin on things and then management says, uh-uh. You know, I, I don't think that, that is the way to go. <laughs> but then having a small business, it gives you that creativity. It gives you that flexibility. If I decide that, you know, I'm working until 8 o'clock this evening, I can do so. You know, I can offer my services on a Sunday, you know, because oh, there are yeah. some guys who say, you know, weekends now. We just do Monday to Friday and that's it. Weekends are for a rum. Yeah, weekends are for, you know, that's my time. But for me, I can I can negotiate and I can say, you know what, I can come to you on a Sunday, I can come to you on a holiday and stuff like that. And the flexibility I get from being an entrepreneur is something that I dreamed of when I started, but I did not see it until I had put in the systems, I had put in the work, I had put in the sacrifices, and I took some bold steps, mm -hmm. you know, before I got where I am. Okay. One of the boldest steps I would say that I took was getting an assistant. Because after doing something like what I do for about two, three years, you start to wonder like, wow, there's so much to be done. You work a long day, then you have receipts, you have invoices, you need these things to 
be documented in order to properly manage your finances. And you're tired because you have to drive, you have to do the work, and you have to drive back. Mm -hmm. So having an assistant gives me more flexibility where maybe I can focus on one out of those three things and I can still have energy to manage my finances at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So at first, I was like, boy, I have to pay somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to pay somebody. And I mean, at that time, I did not have no major contracts, which was like, you know, for sure I'm getting this. So it was a risk. Mm-hmm. And I even thank my assistant now for being so understanding and flexible because we've had challenges. Uh-huh. I've had challenges with transportation, my vehicle being down and I have to service clients. Mm-hmm. I had transportation with logistics. You know, you promise customers products and services. Customs have it on the wall. They don't <laughs> want to release your stuff. You know, with, you know, couriers, they get delays and stuff like that. So you often have to follow up and say, you know, this might take an extra week and, and so mm-hmm. forth. And amidst all those challenges with logistics, with, with um, manpower and stuff like that, having an assistant has really expanded my scope. So I have someone who can focus on smaller things and it gives me the capacity to look beyond where we are. Right. So it now gives me more hope that, you know, maybe in a year's time I can get two more staff or I can expand and go into more territories because right. currently we service island-wide mm-hmm. so there's nowhere too far we go as far as Schwozel, cap estate viewfort you name it we're there right. as long as we can be there we're there right and you know having made all those sacrifices having those challenges no funding all these things it really made me into who mm-hmm. i am today right and i'm just grateful for everyone who has assisted beat word of mouth beat a forum beat an interview beat a sale to help Mr. B actually get off the ground to what it is now. Man, I am I'm, I'm in love with your story. I yeah. love it. It's it's perfect in terms of imperfection. Yeah. You started before you had the traditional way of logo first and plan and everything. You you started. Mm-hmm. You actually went into the field after that and you learned from the school of hard knocks mm-hmm. <laughs> about policies and the importance of it then you yeah. learn about whatever so you you piece together all the things that even if like we did like he said we did business in school yeah that these things aren't so important before until you're actually in the field and you can tailor it to exactly what suits you yeah which is most important yeah and that's what makes it sustainable yeah so Final thoughts, what would you say to a solution who's out there, young or old, who had a vision like you did, but instead of taking a bold step, they, 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 but for whatever reason, they haven't taken a step to start their, their business. What final thoughts, what do you have to, what advice do you have for them? Okay, well, my final thought would be to keep the dream alive. And I say that because a lot of us end up with ideas that there. once you, you, you discuss it, you realize the, uh, the scope that it can reach. We have those ideas, but then it just stays as ideas. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, I was listening to a, um, a sermon from this deceased preacher, Dr. Miles Monroe, and he preached about the richest place on earth. And he said that's the graveyard. 
the richest place on earth is the graveyard because that is an area where you have people who died with dreams people who died with many aspirations that never became fulfilled mm -hmm. and you had so much potential that's just there in the ground mm -hmm. and as a, a young person an old person a mature person any age group whatever your dream is you need to push for it and if it means that you want to become an entrepreneur you don't need uh, a certification to become an entrepreneur all you need is the courage and the right investments and you can become an entrepreneur because if i took my story and i impose my story on myself maybe six years ago i would laugh i would laugh because i remember going to some trainings and they would tell you you know as an employee you need to have about six months of your savings you know before you can start a business and stuff like that i'm like six months of savings when i did the calculation i'm like i've never seen that amount of money <laughs> you know i've never seen that amount right. of money and when i started i mean i did not even have one percent of that amount of money yeah you know i had just enough to register and maybe a little more to buy myself a good pair of jeans a white shirt and to call myself an entrepreneur and from there it hasn't been ooh, immediately uphill i had my challenges but then i kept the dream alive i saw myself being independent i love the feeling of independence and i decided to go head first and do all what i needed to do to become that entrepreneur, not just for myself, but even for my son too, because he's a little Mr. B as well. So, you know, maybe when this Mr. B decides enough is enough, I get Mr. B too to continue <laughs> the journey. You know, so that's my takeaway to, to, to it's folks. Inspiring, man, inspiring. Thank you for taking that leap. Yeah. Um, I truly believe the small businesses help the country, help the economy. Mm. So I thank you for that. Yeah, man, no problem. <laughs> and thanks for watching, guys.